ESPN Head in the Game. Yes, hello, I'm Jamie Lang and welcome back to Head in the Game. Uh, now this week we have another special for you. Now you remember our athlete of the millennium, our greatest sporting moment of the century and greatest sporting rivalry episodes. Well, it's now time for the team of the 21st century. Now, over the last couple of weeks, you've been voting for your ultimate team, and we've now whittled your votes down to the final ten. Our team of experts, yeah, that's me and a lot of other people, have been locked away in a specially secured room, deliberating away, and later we'll announce the winners. Now, alongside me, yes, she's back from another trip abroad. She's got bigger carbon footprints than Donald Trump. It's Rachel Stringer. Hi. I actually just saw his helicopter fly over. Because I was early, I was sitting outside having a coffee. You were late. If you were earlier, you would have um, actually experienced that as well. <laughs> I watched it, you know. Everyone stopped and, and looked at it. And you, you waved? Yeah, of course. And he waved back. I could see him with his um, fluorescent hair out the window. Well, you want to hear something cooler? Guess where he's going for dinner? Your house. Not my house. My ex-girlfriend's house. So there no, you he's go. not. Yeah, he is. He, not he's dating my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> he's just friends with her dad. So they're going across. So who's cooler now? Your ex-girlfriend, right? So you don't speak to her anymore she's an ex so what yep you guys yep, way to, get it. Way to kick it off with a really good little hit right there Rachel Stringer right so uh, right back to why we're here now uh, before we introduce our guest his voice with the ultimate list the team of the 21st century final 10 as voted by you in no particular order here is the team of the century 10 Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, Xavi, Iniesta, Messi et al. Barca won 14 of the 19 competitions they entered between 2008 and 2012. The All Blacks, back-to-back World Cups in 2011 and 2015, a 90% win record and an unbeaten 47-match home winning streak. The Arsenal Invincibles of 2004. Henri, Pires and Bergkamp, part of the team that went unbeaten for the whole league season. Pep again, this time with his Manchester City team of 2019, the first to achieve the domestic treble. Fergie's Manchester United, the Champions League and eight Premier League titles in the 21st century. The England Rugby World Cup 2003 winning team, Johnny Wilkinson's kick for glory, the highlight of a team effort that went down in history. Leicester City, the ultimate shock of the century. The 5,000 to 1 outsiders stormed to the Premier League title with a season surely never to be repeated. The Golden State Warriors, the NBA team, are bidding for their third consecutive championship in a row, having reached the finals in each of the last five years. Spain's national football team from 2008 to 2012, the only nation to win three back to back titles. The tiki taka football dominated all before them. And the Australia cricket team from 2002 to 2007. 16 tests unbeaten and back-to-back World Cups, including 34 consecutive wins. And that is the team of the 21st century 10. So that's the top 10 as voted by you. Now, let's drill down that list. Do you agree with it? Which team should have made the final 10 but didn't? Now, time to introduce our guests. Delighted... To welcome back Stephen Saunders and Alex Shaw from ESPN. It's your version of Lauren Hardy. Here they are. Sean Saunders got a ring to it, hasn't it? That's nice. Yeah, I'm not nice. really fan of that. Yeah. You're totally honest, doesn't it at all? <laughs> this is my third time back, so I'm I'm feeling quite loved. I should have the hat trick ball or something. 
Do you know what's so funny, Alex? As I walked into the room, I totally forgot who you were because you just you don't. I leave can't an be impression. that memorable then. You don't leave an impression. I was oh, going to say maybe it was because he's so tanned. Yeah. And he doesn't look like good, he usually good, does. Good old English sunshine. Do you know what? I don't understand why you go and get a fake tan for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see it, unfortunately. Uh, no, I said, Jamie, where, where's he gone and got his tan? And he said. Good old, good old English sunshine. <laughs> Stephen, Alex, what about Alex, you? You should know by now. It doesn't count unless you've done it six times. <laughs> oh, here we go. He has to do that, didn't he? And, and he had to put that in. <laughs> and if you didn't know, uh, Stephen is from Dublin. So it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, how are you? I'm very well, Jamie. How are you? Very good, my friend. Uh, what did you guys think, okay, of the list? Do you agree with it? Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a few notable absentees. How are the New England Patriots not on there? They've dominated the NFL for all of the 21st century. Guys, before we go into it in a little bit more detail, uh, let's talk about the teams that did and didn't make the final 10. It's worth outlining the selection criteria that the panel formulated. Uh, Global impact. How much did the whole world love and support this team? Dominance. Was there another team that came close? Silverware. It's all about the trophies and the cups, right? Entertainment value. How much fun was the team to watch? Longevity. How long did this team's brilliance last? So you guys, you've heard the 10 as voted on our ESPN Instagram and Facebook pages. We had thousands of entries. Uh, any teams you were surprised did not make the list? Obviously, just heard about the Patriots there. Any other noticeable absentees? I'm stunned that Real Madrid were not on it. Winning three Champions Leagues in a row. It's the first time in the Champions League era has ever been done. Obviously, in the European Cup days, uh, Forest retained it, didn't they? But to see you know a team in such a notoriously difficult competition to completely blitz it, you see, you see how everyone's Lord in Man City and Pep Guardiola he's failing in Europe and it just shows you how difficult it is but Madrid you know they absolutely smashed it and uh, yeah to not even get on the list I'm, I'm surprised at that I totally agree with you because we then got someone like Leicester's team in it yes it was an amazing season yes they won silverware but is that longevity is it dominance I don't I, think I don't think Leicester fit into your categories here but and I don't think not, not, not all categories ESPN's uh, uh, categories our categories right I don't think they fit into this one but I think their story is the greatest sports story of all time you talk about stories and global impact and, and what have you what Leicester did I still can't believe it in terms of like a, a shock value result and you know what happened I still can't believe it to this day Leicester won the Premier League it's, it's, like, it's honestly like when Paul Potts or Susan Boyle <laughs> We're in Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> no one expected it. That's how I compare Leicester City. So Le- Leicester are Paul Potts, right? So you Leicester that Leicester- City are oh, <laughs> Susan Boyle of the footballing world. Uh, it would have been even greater if they went on and then won the Champions League. They got the semi-finals, wasn't it, the year after? Which no, was, it was not the semis, the quarters. quarters. They, beat, they knocked out Atletico Madrid, didn't they? Um, but they were the last team standing from an English team, yeah, yeah, which and was just, great. And it was just like I felt a bit sad when they got knocked out of the Champions League because it just kind of felt like that whole fairy tale. It's like the chapters close, and it's just nice thing we can all look back on and remember it because Leicester are a decent team now. I mean, they're you know they're, they're trying to get top seven or top six, but it's not the same as you know winning the Premier League. Okay, Saunders, step in. Don't let Shaw dominate you as he always does on stage. Who do you think? Name another team. <laughs> England's Ashes winning team of 2005 in terms of global impact maybe not definitely in a UK impact massively so it overtook an entire summer of sport dominance yeah they had to knock off the Australians they were incredible the Australian team that essentially made this list entertainment Uh, yeah entertainment massively that was the craziest (laughs) test series 
Um, and longevity, yeah, okay, they take a bit of a hit because they went down to Australia a, f- a few months later and got absolutely destroyed. But that Ashes summer of 2005 was incredible. That moment uh, when it was Harmison bowling, mm. wasn't it? And it was the edge. Mm. And uh, our wicketkeeper, whose name was? Geraint. Jones? Yeah! Jones? Is it? I have Jones in my head. Yeah. Okay. Can't remember. Probably cut that bit up. <laughs> <laughs> but that moment when Steve Harmison bowled it and the, the edge happened mm. and just running up the wicket. Flint off congratulating Brett Leon. Oh, well played, mate. That's a really good brilliant. picture, isn't it? Is that an iconic quote. image from the actual series brilliant of him quote. consoling? That's brilliant. Okay, Rach, what about you? Any me missed off the list? Well, yeah, I kind of was just looking at it and Team GB in 2012 as a whole. I know, okay, you're going to say different sports are coming into it, but they had the pressure of a home Olympic Games on their shoulders. I think they had a target of 48 medals set and they ended up achieving 65. Yeah. Um, that was that's a, their best ever Olympic, wasn't it? They got, I think two, uh, four years later, they got like two more. Yeah. But, um, but at that point it was. Yeah, right? at that point it was. And just to do that on... Home soil, like I said, with so much pressure on their shoulders, kind of think that was great. And then I guess if you're saying that's a no, I'm not allowed to have that. No, I'm not saying that. I totally agree with you on that, that you can have a team. But then if you go to the complete opposite, other side of that, what about Federer? You know, he's a team in a sense. So if you have Team GB, why can you say Hell Fed- no, he's not a team, he's a sole person. I was actually he's gonna a- I was actually gonna go and continue Team GB cycling if you weren't letting me have the Olympic team as a whole. I was gonna then How pick can out- you not let someone have team this is a team. They're called Team GB. Literally <laughs> in their name. Not team Federer, he's a single man. He Alex, has, okay, he's got at, a wife and his two sets of twins, but you're at, you're, at, you're at the tip of my nerves right now. Gonna be booted out. In a second, <laughs> you definitely no can't have Federer. Pick a second one. Okay, fine. Nadal. There we go. Oh, definitely not. Why didn't you do that? Pick more than one person. Okay, fine. On. Tiger Woods. Oh, <laughs> what else do you want from me? <laughs> I, I want to find a dictionary of the word team. I another think. another one we should probably mention: Ryder Cup 2012, Miracle of Medina. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a massive golf fan, but um, I remember watching it on the Sunday. Uh, Europe was down, what, 10-6, I think it was? Something like that, yeah. Uh, and you're thinking, oh, they're just going to get absolutely hammered here. And then to come back like that was just remarkable. But, like, I, I guess why that might not have made the cut is because it's just a rival like the Ashes. It's England-Australia, mm. Europe the USA. It's not something, like, that transcends too far. Do you know what I mean? Like, Leicester are playing in a team of 19 others. You've got the Champions League with so many other teams in it. There's more of, like, a mix. Yeah. Whereas you get like a rivalry, I don't think it has that global impact. I mean, it's, it's it, a great it, point because you see from that list the, the top ten. It's all teams that have to beat multiple teams to yeah. win what they do. And you're right, Ryder Cup and Ashes fit into that. It's a big, big contest for UK sports fans. Does it really impact other people? Not as much. So the definition of team in the dictionary: a group of players forming one side in a competitive game or sport. Well, mm. Team GB therefore qualifies. <laughs> Rachel Lyle. Federer and Nadal. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Andy Murray has a brother that he plays doubles with. Maybe doubles, but you didn't say that. You said Federer and Nadal singly. Anyway! Right, also I want to know this, because there are a lot of football teams on the list. I think it's the ultimate team sport. I think that's just the way that people people see it. It's the one that transcends across so many parts of the world. When you think of famous teams from any decade, any century, you immediately start going to football. You know, you think of Brazil 1970. But is that the popularity, though? Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately, it's a popular choice. I think it's fair because it also means that they're up against so much to achieve what they've achieved, and they're they're going against the weight of history as well. For teams like that to stand out, to be recognised as Arsenal are by one word, the Invincibles... 
that's that's something else. Well, speaking of the Invincibles, Arsenal were called that. They went the season unbeaten in the league, but actually they weren't invincible because they were beaten a number of times in the cups too. Now, am I being unfair saying that? I think、um, the Premier League is the best league in the world, and like we're talking about a season,、mm. and I think you know if you talk about all the cups, there's so many cups they diff- they play in. They're called、so. the Invincibles, but they lost. You're not invincible. You got knocked out of the FA Cup, the Champions League. Oh my gosh! Someone's、Rachel. not an Arsenal fan over there. Well, it's true though. How you can are... you call them Invincibles <laughs> when they've literally tasted defeat? <laughs> in the Premier League, we're not talking about in the that Champions record, League. That record should never have even got out of September when Robert Perez dived against Portsmouth. Listen, Ray, listen. if we had an Arsenal fan here, then I'm not even an Arsenal fan, but I just think we're talking、no, about the league. We're talking about the, the、right. toughest league、yeah. in the world. Alex is feeling a little bit bloaty today. It's right, he's a little bit on edge. <laughs> I'm、crunch. still hurt. You said you,、uh, I was not very memorable. This is my third time here. But it is also true, Alex. You mentioned the fact that Real Madrid aren't on the list.、Yeah. I mean, four Champions Leagues and five seasons. Stephen, do you agree? Should they not be on the list? There's something about Real Madrid. They're a bit marmite, aren't they? they yeah, and, yeah. And it doesn't help that Ronaldo was their lead player at that time as well, because he's marmite as well. So you really do either love Real Madrid or kind of hate them.、Mm-hmm. And for all that it's a great achievement, I don't think there's the love for Real Madrid. I think the same about the Invincibles. I don't think back to the Invincibles and think,、oh, I really loved that team. There are other Premier League teams that I love more. The thing is with Madrid, like it's not like some great underdog story when they win. You know, they've、no. got an incredible amount of resources to win the Champions League is, is incredible, and to do it that often, like they've done. It's an laudable achievement, but ultimately, the odds are stacked in their favour. Right? They've got one of the best players of all time when he was there, Ronaldo. A lot of money. They can beat these sort of teams into a pulp half the time. It's a very good achievement, which I think does deserve respect, though. So let's get back to football a bit later.、Uh, we need to dwell on the fact that there is not one group of women in the top ten at all whatsoever. Nada. Why is that? And maybe should not the U.S. gymnastics team be in there because they've been dominating so much recently? Okay, Stephen, you're on this one. <sighs> Again, does anyone love the USA gymnastics team except for the USA? I think they love themselves. Don't yeah, they? They, yeah.、Um, well, there he is, Alex Shaw, straight <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to remember who our paymasters are.、Yeah. Nobody really has an affinity for them. I think that's the difference, and I, I think that speaks to the wider point that women's sport has. The problem that it has is that the sports that are most readily identifiable for female athletes is individual sports. It's the likes of Serena Williams, for example.、Um, I think over the next five to ten years, people are going to start identifying with women's teams. You can see the way in which women's sports being covered now by the media, the way in which different events are making bigger impacts, the Women's World Cup, etc., etc. I can see. A point where people can start identifying by one word or by one moment an entire team and everything that it meant at that point. You're quite right there. Women's football has come on leaps and bounds in in recent years, hasn't it? The coverage, the enjoyment. What was it? It was Juventus women who set like the world record for you know that seventy thousand people there. But there's still a long way to go. Seventy thousand people went to watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, so it shows you. It shows you it's developing. But there's still like giant strides that need to be made. It's like it wound me up the other day. I was reading. It was the、uh, women's FA Cup final, and the language used was like, "Oh, it was a terrible error from the goalkeeper. It was just ridiculous. It was a complete gaff." So just say it. But it was like some, one of the reports was something like. Oh, the goalkeeper may have thought that she could have done better. No, it was just just a terrible error that deserves to be you know. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. Surely even she would agree with you there. You yeah, know, exactly. As a sports、yeah. person, you know, you do look at yourself and go,、oh, "I should have done better." And、yeah. she would have been absolutely. 
absolutely kicking herself, I'm sure, afterwards and saying that wasn't good enough. That's my point, which I think there's still developments that need to be made. And, yeah, you look at this list, it's these are fantastic teams, but it is disappointing that you haven't got, like, a really recognisable, laudable women's team that can stand alongside, you know, Barcelona, Leicester or the Chicago Cubs or, or whatever. Well, maybe Jamie should just say Serena Williams. Tip of my tongue, Rachel. Tip of my tongue. <laughs> Stephen, I can see you itching to say something. What, what other teams do you have? It's from the US. I know Golden State Warriors uh, made the top 10. I think there are a couple from baseball, actually. I think um, the Chicago Cubs, 2016, finally ending their curse. Mm-hmm. Curse of the Billy Goat. Enormous moment for US sport. It did have global impact as well. People were watching that. They were following that and, and really invested in it. The the problem, I think, for the Cubs, they weren't that much fun as a team. <laughs> Whereas the Boston Red Sox of 2004, they ended a similar lengthy spell of waiting for a, a, a World Series. How many years is that? Uh, it was, I think it was 1903. Uh, do you remember this moment? 30 seconds ago, this is the one. It's coming back to Johnny Wilkinson. In Scotland, we've uh, tried to blank that from our memory as best <laughs> we possibly can. But that, that moment with Wilkinson, right, it was a, it's an iconic moment in English sport. But how would you say that team's perceived? It wasn't like an amazing team. It didn't build on that, did they? It's a really interesting one because they were basically, they were at the end of their shelf life when they won that yeah. World Cup. They were the best team in the world for probably two years before that. Everyone kind of recognised them as that. What their big challenge was in that rugby world Cup was to go to Australia and beat the Australians in their own backyard and he did it and they had so many good players it was Wilkinson, it was Martin Johnson, it's Jason Robinson Jason Robinson was so much fun to watch Amazing. incredible, I think you're, you're, you're somewhat right and they went through a kind of weird spell afterwards and then somehow made the final again in 2007, they have a, an edge of longevity there. But it's, I'm a huge rugby fan but what about the All Blacks? Now they dominated they'd gone for years without winning World Cups then it all clicked, that team of Dan Carter, Richie McCaw, that has to be the greatest rugby team of all time, surely. They're the most fun to watch. I, I think that 2015 team uh, that dominated that Rugby World Cup here in uh, in the UK. 90% win record and 47-match unbeaten streak at home. If you're not massively into rugby or whatever, you know who the All Blacks are. You yeah. know who Dan yeah. Carter yeah. is. It transcends the sport, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It's, it just, you see Dan Carter, you're like, yeah, that's the All Blacks sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that has, that has to be on there for... Well, they tick all the boxes, really, don't they? You should, you should also, if you get yeah. a chance, boys, you should go on YouTube, uh, My Rugby... Uh, sort of conflict with Brad Thorne. Um, he came off worse. If you, he tackled me and he got are you hurt. Any, are you any good at rugby? Just England 16s, mate. No worries about it. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's true. So, there you all go. Right, so we think they passed all the criteria, all blacks and the England team? Definitely. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I agree 100%, without a doubt. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but I just want to. I just want to. I just want to. What do you think they're lacking? Go on, which one out of the five? Just the the England team. I just don't think when you look at it and you're trying to pick the ten best teams of the 21st century that that England team would be in it. I just. But I do not think that they were. You know, as Stephen said, they would. They dominated the sport for two years, maybe three years. They had, were unbeaten at Twickenham for how many games? I mean, it was 40 or 30 or something like that. They then go to the World Cup. They then win the World Cup, and you know, no, with, that's a fair point. with a, a fair slightly point. tired team, I get it. But it was so, you know, Woodward as their, as the coach, it was like going into battle fighting the Romans. You mm. couldn't get. 
past them. And maybe because it was such a dramatic finish as well. That's what people yeah, remember. Yeah. Everyone always remembers a huge that. Moment. That yeah. is what they remember. I think that's probably what's ticking the boxes for yeah. the, the rugby fans there. Um, so, NBA. On to NBA and the Golden State Warrior team. Now going for their third consecutive title. It's pretty mm. rare, is it not? It's very rare. Um, they should really be going for more than that as well because uh, in 2016, they were 3-1 up against the Cavaliers and blew it. Um, so... And then built and rebuilt and have become incredibly dominant. And Steph Curry is my favourite basketball player. Right I now. agree. He's unbelievable. I love him. Love watching him. But Stephen, you know, I'm a basketball fan as well, NBA fan. Um, He'll say he played basketball in a minute. You know how short he is. Yeah. Yeah, England okay. under 16. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was actually. So, <laughs> what? Don't know why you laugh. Um, but what is interesting about, I agree with you, the amazing thing about, you know, in sort of European sports all around the world sports what they do is you play you know you play one final mm-hmm. so Champions League final it's one game in NBA in baseball you play a series against each other which kind of adds it sort of makes it more fair but it means the chances of winning consecutive years becomes less and less and less so the fact that they are going for their third one in a row that I don't think they'll be ever seen again well it's interesting because basketball doesn't have the same drive towards parity that the NFL does the NFL deliberately stacks everything so that you know teams can't keep winning uh, except New England Patriots basketball but you, why you, is that why is that it, it's driven more by free agency it's not driven quite so much by the draft even the NBA draft doesn't operate in the same way as the NFL draft you have the NBA draft lottery where you can't necessarily be the, the worst team in the league and get the best player the next season oh, so, okay. it, so it balances it out in a different way you can build a dynasty it does have a shelf life though you, you have three to five years to, to hit your marks otherwise otherwise it's gone and you're, you're back to the bottom again but what other team has done what the Golden State Warriors has done this century no one really previously Michael Jordan the Chicago Bulls I think won three in a row they are still the benchmark even the Warriors would probably nod to that Bulls franchise as, as being the ones right in cricket there have been two teams uh, over the last 50 years who have been great now we have the West Indies of the late 20th century and the Australian side of the 21st century. Now, guys, how good was that Aussie team of Shane Warne, Ricky Ponting, Glenn McGrath, one of the best? Yeah, I remember I remember growing up. I, mean, I know this is the 21st century we're talking about, but just like for context, you know when England were rubbish in the ashes mm. in like the 90s and mm. Atherton would get to the crease and you'll be out for a duck and you're just thinking oh, it's going to be one of those days again. There's an intimidating nature of this team. You think, oh, if you're going to play Australia, or almost like the All Blacks as well, I think you can even lose a test. Like in football, for example, if you're looking across to the other side and thinking, I don't fancy these guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, a huge part of cricket as well, because you've got yeah. five days. You get to the end of day one, and you're like, oh, we're losing already. Yeah, exactly. It can be so demoralising. Say if you go in there with like such good intentions, and then you know Australia 300 without loss, and you're like, oh, here we go again. There's so much to admire about that team, and you know when you saw you know Shane Warne at his best, it's just terrifying, wasn't it? That spin that he had was it when it just bowled people round his their mm. legs. The ball mm. of the ball of the century to uh, Gatting, wasn't mm. it? Um, which is literally ball of the century because it was just it was so remarkable. It and, yeah. like went at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah. Mm. fantastic. Reminds me of um, when he was at England under twenty one or under sixteen cricket team. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so and the Aussies doing back to back World Cups as well was pretty unique. Yeah, they went on a remarkable run of one day internationals, uh, and that was the thing. I mean, they kind of playing two different sports: Test cricket and one day international cricket are not really the same. You have to play very different styles, yeah. uh, and they were dominant in both forms. And it was really the same players as well. You know, England have England have kind of got to the point now where they have a Test team and they have a a, a white ball. Team. Team. Australia were using essentially the same players to just dominate across both forms of the sport. 
was incredible. Right, guys, hold on. We've got to stop it there for one moment because we have to add someone else to our roster. ESPN's Eduardo Fernandez. Abascal. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo, listen, we are going through the top 10 teams. Any other teams you could add to the list you think should be there? Yeah, uh, back to the Alex point before, I think Arsenal really deserves to be here because obviously from a Spanish point of view, and I am 30, many people from my generation, not from England, but from all over the world, fall in love for the Premier League or support the Premier League because of that Arsenal, because how they play. The opposite is for Real Madrid. Why Real Madrid are not here? Because... People also care about the style. And in 10 years or 20 years, we are not going to remember that Real Madrid. They are winners, just winners. But the same happened with Los Galacticos, for example. They were the same, the first team that have like a lot of stars together, five, Ronaldo, Beckham, but they didn't play that well. They won Champions League, but they were not that good. I knew it was a good idea inviting you into the studio. I just, I had that inkling. I went for it like a proper team we are right here right uh, we're gonna hold it there because it's time for our big countdown from 10 to 1 who was 10th who was number one let's find out voice thank you jamie here we go number 10 the golden state warriors number nine fergie's manchester united team of the early noughties number eight the australian cricket team 2002 to 2003 number seven the England Rugby World Cup team 2003. Number six, the Arsenal Invincibles. Number five, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City team 2018 to 2019. Number four, Leicester City's Miracles. Number three, Dan Carter's All Blacks. Number two, Spain's national football team from 2008 to 2012. And number one, it is Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. Okay, guys, we just heard the list. Uh, Eduardo, I'm coming to you first. Now, number two, Spain's national football team from 2008-2012. Number two, or do you think it should be number one? No, I agree. I agree they're number one because uh, with Guardiola, uh, at that Barcelona, we had the best player in the history and probably the best manager in the history together. So what basically Guardiola did with that is like, he took the best of Johan Cruyff and Luis Aragonés and developed even further because uh, with the Spanish national team, I think we have to make a difference between the Spanish national team that won the 2008 Euros and the other one because with Del Bosque, they were not that good. They were winners, but again, they didn't play that good. I, I remember as a Spaniard, I was not that happy when they won the World Cup because they were very predictable. It was... That is very, very demanding. <laughs> I wasn't that happy when we won the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, the thing is that I think Pep Guardiola himself has said this many times because people get it wrong, the, the tiki-taka, because the tiki-taka is passing to find spaces to, to score goals. And with Del Bosque in the World Cup and in the last Euros that we won, it was just passing for the sake of it. He had... Two defensive midfielders, Xavi Alonso and Busquets, and it was a, a very solid team. But they were always winning for one nil, and, and they didn't try to score another one. With Guardiola in, at Barcelona or with Luis Aragonés in the first Spanish national team that won the, the Euros, it was the opposite. They were always trying to score one more goal than the rivals. Do you know what? I, I totally agree with you. I think you just explained that perfectly well. I, I'm going to chuck my one out there. I'm a little bit annoyed. Why? Right on, eh? Well, number seven, England's World Cup team. Surely number one. Mm. No, not number one. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. It's coming back to Johnny Wilkinson. But you're talking about a sport which doesn't have the same global impact as football, firstly. 
And secondly, it's just England. You can't have England being first when we're talking about like a Pep Guardiola's Barcelona team. It has global impact. People in different countries across the world will support that team. Hey, Rachel, you allowed your opinion. I'm allowed mine. All right? Valid, boys, yeah. The All all Blacks are the best rugby team of the 21st century. It's because you're Scottish. Scottish, Any sports fan would agree, I'm sure. I I think Guardiola's City 2018-19 being fifth, I think that's very generous. And I think that's because it's recency biased. Because it's it's so fresh in the mind. I go the other way. I think in five years' time, I think they could top this. Yeah, well, they could do, but I don't think, I just don't think at this stage now, they should be the fifth best team ever, if they continue, which they possibly could. I think the sign of a great team are ones that retain titles, and City have done that. They're, you know, it's two in a row now, and if they keep building on that, I would, I would put them, you know, third or, third or fourth. I think fifth's a bit generous for now. Quickly butting in, they're talking about the treble as well, maybe, not just winning the league. Yeah, but like also with with number nine Ferguson's United team in the early noughties, like the the beauty of Ferguson is he this was like his like fourth best team that he created, and he adapted so well from you know he was he was managing these players before they had all the the influx of all these egos and the social media, and he he developed in like to the sports science age when Wenger came in and, and he he changed you know players' diets and all that, and Ferguson he adapted to all these challenges. And everyone goes, oh, Wenger's a fantastic manager. He's a fine manager. But he won the Premier League three times. Fergie won it three times in a row, twice. <laughs> right. Do you, so, not, do you not think as well, I'm a little surprised that it's that team of the early noughties, because I think the Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney team was, was better. I thought that 2008-2009... Yeah, I mean, was, I, think that's, I, think that's, I imagine that's probably around that era isn't it it is, it is the 2008 um, Champions League winning team then they reached the final the next year Messi and Barcelona saw, uh, saw them off there um, and then again it wasn't actually a great team in 2011 that reached a final to losing to our number one Pep's Barcelona and I remember after the game Ferguson said something like they wiped the floor with us yeah. and it, it was they, so they put, us on, they put us on the passing carousel that's it yeah Rach what about you well I was going to say just staying with the football theme obviously we got Arsenal Invincibles at 6 and then Leicester City Miracle Team at 4 totally. Alex is going to go absolutely not Arsenal <laughs> should be 10th or not even on the list but do you think uh, Leicester should be so far up there I, th- I think of this list in terms of the talent and the prowess of each individual side, Leicester are bottom. But I also think of this list, Leicester, what they achieved is better than anything on this list. It's better than United win the Champions League. It's better than going a season unbeaten. It's better than Dan Carter's All Blacks. This is Leicester, 5,000 to 1, <laughs> winning the Premier League. And it was Leicester for most people before. They didn't even know how to pronounce <laughs> exactly. it. It's like, yes, the Leicester team. That's the biggest, that's <laughs> the biggest success here. Leicester winning the Premier League is, uh, okay, Eduardo coming to you. It's like who winning La Liga? Uh, let's say Racing Santander, that is my local team. They just got the promotion to the second division. So actually, if they win La Liga in a couple of years, it will be almost the same as Leicester. And, and it's funny because it's what you said before. People didn't know even how to pronounce Leicester. I used to say Leicester before I, <laughs> before they won the title, you know. It's so true. And Stephen, you must have a look. The Golden State Warriors team, number 10. Mm. I feel like for me, that should be a little bit more up the list. I, I think they've still got work to do. I think, I think if they manage to do it again this year, then that would, that would. Five move. consecutive finals. Yeah. 
that, that 3-1 in 2016 just that niggles away at me that's a big black mark yeah, but that's book. maybe just dropping it down but I still think I mean I think it's incredible that they're still doing that they're also a bit tired they're a bit older number 10 really yeah but they went out and got Durant that was no fun was it it's okay they, they made themselves too good again they, they became a Marmite team um, you either love them or you hate them I'm actually in the love camp I think they're great but there's plenty who, who don't like the fact they went and splashed so much cash on Kevin Durant OK before we move on Rachel anything more to add the Pep Guardiola Barcelona team Stephen did you agree that it should be number one yeah but that team was just brilliant to watch so what much was, fun to watch what was it 14 trophies three leaguers two Champions League two yeah, Copa del Reyes it, it's that, I think it's that Champions League final at Wembley that just stays with me it's just one of those games that was just yeah. it, was a, it was a really good team going up against a great legendary team I mean Messi was fantastic but Xavi Iniesta unbelievable just the way they moved the ball around the way in which they played the game and if you have Sir Alex Ferguson going that's the best team I've ever seen then that's a pretty good standard to be holding yeah I'm not I'm not going to disagree with Fergie I want to disagree and I want to be controversial but um, no you, you've got to you've just got to hand it to, to Pep Guardiola's Barcelona because it was at the time you were witnessing and you knew it yourself mm. you're witnessing greatness here were you working that night? I was there. You were there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. It was, sorry. A, it was a traumatic <laughs> night. But then it, equally, like you just come out of those sort of matches, you, you don't even feel too down about mm. it because you, you cannot argue with it. There's no sort of lamenting going on. There's no sort of decision that goes against you. It's literally, OK, you've been beaten by a far superior team. So just quickly going um, back to this list, I guess what sticks out as well is that Pep Guardiola is uh, in it twice in the top five um, with Man City and Barcelona. And then I'm guessing he had a major influence on Spain's national team as well from 2008 to 2012. I'm going to throw that to Eduardo. Um, so he kind of is in the three times in the top five. Yeah, it's an interesting debate because actually Spain won the Euros before Guardiola arrived to Barcelona. But it's true that he, he developed that even further. And Guardiola's job at Barcelona is even more impressive if you see that when he arrived there, he came from the third division to the first team. He got rid of players like Ronaldinho or Deco that have been like amazing for Barcelona and the right hire, even, even winning Champions League and everything. And he promoted players from the second team from third division like Busquets, Pedro, and quickly, you know, become stars. And, and Messi said it recently that the key of Guardiola it was like, all the players learn a lot about him with him because he told them this is going to happen and then in the games it happened. So uh, what he did for, with Barcelona was amazing and then he has been doing the same for Manchester City. And uh, Alex, I'm going to go to you. Um, Guardiola versus Fergie. That's the debate. He's going to go Fergie. We need a whole show on this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, everyone talks about Fergie and United, but what people like somehow forget is this bloke won the Scottish Premiership with Aberdeen. It hasn't been done <laughs> since. It's Celtic or Rangers, where it's Celtic all the time. He won the Cup Winners' Cup by beating Real Madrid with Aberdeen. <laughs> right? So that, that alone is a better achievement. Do you know what I mean? Just say Aberdeen one more time. Aberdeen. No. All right, guys, going to hold you there because uh, this is my favourite moment. And uh, Eduardo, you know what I'm talking about. Not really. <laughs> yeah, you do, Eduardo. Say it, Eduardo. It's the head in the game quiz. Yeah, but I think we should change this time. All right. Because we're talking about teams, sure. we're all going to go into teams. So I'm going to go with Stephen, Alex and Eduardo, and... Uh, well, you're just going to go on your own because you, what is it? Your favourite team is Federer or Nadal? Or look, Rachel, there's no iron team, but there is in Jamie's team 
Bring it on. A voice? Yes, it's the head in the game quiz. Now, am I right in saying we've changed the rules, Jamie and Rachel? Uh, yeah, Rachel organised this, not oh, me. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I changed the rules, yeah. I want teams. It's all about teams. So uh, we've got two teams of two and then a single... Two teams of two, yes. And then a single Jamie over there. No, 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 no. no. There's two teams of two and a team of one. Jamie's oh, team. Oh, I see. This is going back to your theory about Roger Federer being a team. And Tiger Woods, the list goes on. Serena yes. Williams, okay, Michael, so here we go. Question number one. This is to Rachel and Stephen. This is multiple choice. Can we deliberate? Uh, you can... Well, I hope so. It's a yeah. team game. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one, point. One, one, one. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. The nickname for Barcelona supporters and players is Cules, which translates in Catalan as A, those who love Catalonia, B, those that show their backsides, C, those that dream of the sea, D, those that love gold. The nickname for Barcelona supporters... I, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's B. OK, well, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, I have no idea, so I'm going to go with my teammate. It is correct. It's B. It's yeah. those that show their backsides. I'm, I'm correct, am I? I didn't know. I don't speak Catalan. Well, actually, this dates back to the early 20th century when the first image passers-by had as they neared the stadium was of the backsides of fans sitting on the wall watching games. See, you've learned something. Builders bottoms. I, I, knew, I knew that already. That's why I said B. Right. Team Jamie, here we go. Easy peasy. Arsenal were not the first team to be called the Invincibles. Who were the only other English football team that went a whole season unbeaten? A. Bolton Wanderers B. Preston North End C. Sheffield Wednesday D. Royal Engineers Oh, was, Don't look around, you've I'm got not no looking one around. to ask. I, I, I like to know I thought it was someone else. It is C. Sheffield Wednesday A. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a cheat, isn't he? It was A. It's B. Preston oh. North End. <laughs> If you had a teammate, you might have got that right. Sorry, old sport. <laughs> Alex Eduardo. Pep Guardiola, A, once served a ban for failing a drug test. B, favourite player at World Cup 2006 was Peter Crouch. C, was once refused an autograph by Michel Pettini. D, all of the above. Oh, that's tough. It's definitely, definitely A, isn't it? That definitely happened. A, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think A. I think go all of the above, don't you? Oh, I can sense the chemistry from here, you guys. Good what team a work. team you guys are. I say, do you go all of the above? I will go with A. Oh! I'm going to, no, I think it's all of the above, honestly. Rock, paper, scissors, come on. Yeah, rock, paper, scissors. Alex is dominating great for radio. Team. Rock, no. paper, scissors. You're um, a team, you can't play rock, paper, pick it. Eduardo, do you want to hear them again? Yeah, once yeah. failed a drugs test. Yes, that happened. Favourite player was Peter Crouch. Once refused an autograph by Michelle Pettini. All of the above. Maybe he loves yeah. the robot. All of the, all of the above. Go on, go for it. Okay, um, go, go for it. Is correct! Oh, hey. Teamwork. Right. <laughs> so what's that? We've got one. You guys, boys have got one. And nothing for Jamie. Jamie has it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to Rachel and Stephen. The Australian cricket supporters team are known as A, the Fanatics, B, the Baggy Greens, C, the Beige Brigade, D, all of the above. Which is the cricket team? The Fanatics are definitely the... supporters. The, the um, tennis team. Okay. Aussie Fanatics. Uh, I don't know if there's actually the name in cricket. What were you thinking? I'm thinking Baggy Greens. It's to do with their cap. Okay. Is- well, I don't... I'm afraid it's incorrect. Oh, it's the Fanatics. No! It's the supporters team, not oh, the team. Rob, you weren't listening. Jamie, mm-hmm. question number five. Mm-hmm. US gymnast Simone Biles is scared of A, German shepherds, B, heights, C, bees, D, losing. I know what she's scared of. She's scared of heights. 
No, she's scared of bees. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and by the way, she has four German shepherds. <laughs> Next question to Alex and Eduardo. The odds of Leicester City winning the Premier League were the same as A, finding the Loch Ness Monster, B, Elvis being found alive, C, Barack Obama playing cricket for England, D, all of the above. Well, it was 5,000 to 1, wasn't it? So, um, I think we just go with what we what we used to and do all of the above again. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, all right. Are it's you? correct! Oh. <laughs> oh. Very lucky. Okay. Oh, make us, make Alex and Eduardo number one on the best team. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Spain today. And exactly. We have Alex, who has a better standard than Hispania. Yeah. <laughs> okay, true or false now, Rachel and Stephen. The All Blacks have selected players from six countries in their history. True or false? That could be true. I was going to say true. Yeah, true. False. It's oh! 13. Oh! Yes. Jamie, mm -hmm. Golden State Warriors star player Steph Curry's middle name is Stefan. True or false? Mm, yum, yum, yum. Another one for me. It is true. Is correct. Do you know what his first name is? Uh, Ronald. No, it's Wardell. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. Alex and Eduardo. Leicester City's Claudio Ranieri's famous phrase... Dilly ding dilly dong is now in the Oxford Dictionary of Phrases. True or false? That sounds too stupid to happen. I'm going to go false. What do you think, Eddie? It sounds so stupid that could be true, but yeah, let's go for false. Yeah, false. It is true! Oh, yes! Yes! Back yeah, in the net! I thought it would be you true. You should have taken Everyone the advice that. of your European oh, friends. Everybody, no. Rachel and Stephen. Arsenal legend Dennis Bergkamp was brought to the club by Arsene Wenger. True or false? I don't think that's true. I think he, it, I think it was Bruce Rioch that signed. Yeah, I think Bruce Rioch signed signed Burkamp. Go on then. Go, go false. Is correct, and Ooh. you were right about Bruce Rioch. That is very very. Do we get true. a bonus point? Yes, we you should. do. Yeah. Oh. Go on. Thanks. I'm not having that. I'm not having that at all. <laughs> Knowledge, mate. Knowledge. That has not happened on previous <laughs> quizzes. I've given extra info and I never got a bonus Have point. Have you been on the show before? <laughs> third time. That's your third time. Forgot. Final round. Fill in the blanks. Jamie. You just have to be within five. The oldest player to play for Manchester City was goalkeeper John Burridge, who was blank years old back in 1995. 42. 43. Oh! oh drink it up, people. Alex Eduardo. Jamie Vardy's superstition on the eve of every game during the Foxes' title-winning season was to drink half a bottle of blank. Skittles vodka. Is that your final answer? You're making me doubt myself now. It's either that or Red Bull, isn't it? I want to go Skittles Vodka. Yeah. Is incorrect. It's Port. Oh, oh yes. Oh. yes. What is Skittles Vodka? Skittles Vodka. It's, it's, literally, it's literally how it says. He, yeah. put, he put in, like, a load of packs of Skittles into vodka, let it ferment, and then you just drink it. It debates <laughs> it fruity. You've never done that at uni? It's, it's the drink of athletes, mm. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're getting off the point a bit. Rachel and Stephen, returning to his old club Barcelona in 2002, playing for fierce rivals Real Madrid, Luis Figo had the head of a what thrown at him whilst taking a corner. Stephen's like, laughing. Mm. Do you not know? No. It's too easy. It, it, it was a peg. Is correct. Yeah! Final question. Be a teammate over there, to Jamie. Jamie. I'll allow you to be within 10 kilograms of the answer, Jamie, mm -hmm. OK? 75 kilograms. And believe me, you need this one. What trophy was that? Yeah. The, was the Premier League trophy is 75 kilograms. Seven and a half. Here we go. Nemia Tialata is the heaviest player to have played for the All Blacks, weighing a hefty blank kilograms. 125. 
Oh, you're so close. It's 136. You failed. Oh, <laughs> never. And that is the head in the game quiz. And the winners are Alex and Eduardo. Victory. Thank you, voice. Well done, Eddie. All uh, right, there we have it, guys. Uh, what do you think? You have fun? Brilliant. Awesome fun. Uh, we were robbed in the quiz. Uh, yeah. Demand a Rico. Uh, listen. We got a bonus point. We still didn't win. Well, the only person who I'm going to invite back is Eduardo. <laughs> it was Why? too easy for me. <laughs> right, that's about all for this week. Now, don't forget to give us a review and subscribe. It's free, so why wouldn't you? Join us next week for another special with your chance to vote for the most infamous sporting villain of all time. Right, guys, I want to do this last bit one at a time. Okay, Alex, Eduardo, Steve and Rachel, you ready? Yeah. Yep. yep. Until then, keep your head in the game. Teamwork, people. ESPN, head in the game.